Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Viking Hot Takes. Welcome to week three, the Minnesota Vikings versus Seattle Seahawks. The first home game for our purple who desperately need a win. I'll be there in person. Eric, you'll be there in person. Buckle up and let's go. Eric, how are you, man? I am so excited for Sunday and a little scared, of course, because the Vikings are staring 0-3 or 0-4 in the face. But uh, it's home. It's the first time. I think it's going to be in like 636 days there is going to be fans uh, of Pack Stadium uh, in U.S. Bank Stadium. It's going to be loud. It's going to be wild. It's a late afternoon game. A little extra time for tailgating. It is going to be a blast. Cannot wait. And you know what? Those... Those excitement, moments of excitement, those moments of fear, I'm just ready to feel again, feel Vikings football live. (laughs) Let's get to talking about the game, talking about all those emotions. Dave, let's get the Clark started. And uh, Eric, I'm going to go first. And it's going to be a recognizable question. How many (laughs) kicks in a row does Greg Joseph need to make to prevent your heart from pumping out of your chest? Well, this was obviously a question with uh, our, our guy Ryan uh, last week. Uh, and I understand why you're asking it again, because I think we had to kind of reset the clock on that one. Because uh, after a good week one, uh, there was a missed extra point in that little matter of uh, you know missing the game winner at the end of the game. Um, yeah. So last week, I said it was going to be 39 or whatever uh was to surpass to surpass Gary Anderson's field goal. You made a you made this a little week, bit of a joke out of it. Yeah. So this week, no, now I have a more serious one. Now, oh. before I'm actually completely uh, okay with it, I have a new number. It's 123. <laughs> because before, <laughs> because listen, before Gary Anderson missed that infamous field goal in 1999, mm-hmm. 1998 championship game played in 1999, um, he had made. 122 straight kicks and that was of course when the extra point was a literally a chip shot it was 20 yards but so he's going to have to make 123 now in order for me to feel comfortable because it's vikings kickers i mean justin tucker tucker could come in tomorrow and he could miss six field goals i'm convinced it's it's as soon as they don that vikings jersey it just absolutely goes to hell so that there's no other explanation i mean you're down in the dumps about this one well, it's 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 so many times. I like. I mean, the, I saw the the skull memes guy did like the, the same Spider Man meme, except there were like eight Spider Mans, mm-hmm. and there was Greg Joseph, Blair Walsh. Every it's I'm I'm sick of it. Just make the kicks, especially the big ones. Just make. <laughs> so, so how many? So, so are, I mean, are you on the same wavelength? Or are you just gonna? Hey, it's gonna happen. A hundred and twenty three is much higher <laughs> of a number than I had. Um, and you know, I get it because you know, every year, every preview article about the Vikings this year, they talked about better special teams play. We ranked 31st in like every category, 30th in kicks inside 50 yards. So you're like, okay, new guy, it will get better. And it's, it's, is it a, is it a bad start for Greg Joseph? I don't know that it is when you actually look at the kicks he has made this year. 
Maybe it was just a hiccup early on in the season. I still think you can give this guy time. He's not Dan Carlson. He's not Gary Anderson. I w- he's Blair Wall. He's not Blair Wall. I wish he was Dan Carlson. Dan Carlson hasn't missed since week eight of last year. I'd love to have Dan Carlson back up. But of course, if he's on the Vikings, he misses 17 more field goals. That's it's just that's that's what I'm getting at. It's like it, it's 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 almost like if you love someone, let them go. And I don't I don't think Joseph should be cut after that one uh, yeah. one field goal miss and one extra point. He's uh, overall he's had an okay season. It's just it's. Man, the, the game winner, thirty-seven yards. He's he's nailed. Right, yeah. He's already had three. You know, all these fifty-yard field goals, and it's it it's just. I mean, they're already playing the greatest hits. I mean, this is the back-to-back games already, and it's like the 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 heartbreak. You know, it's it, it's it's already right back to the what we know and, and and loathe so much. He will be fine. He'll be fine. That field was the first kick. He's actually attempted under fifty yards. He's already made three fifty-yarders this season okay so i think he goes back to his career average which is 90 percent of his extra points 83 percent, 85 percent of his field goals he'll be fine just give it some time don't freak out like dan carlson he at least he has a little bit of a track record and he's young that's fair that's fair okay so for my yeah so um I'm going to switch to the other team of players that we're worried about. So which Seahawks player are you most worried about for the week three matchup with the Vikings? Okay. So everything I say on this show from here on out, Eric, it's because I want to make sure that the Minnesota Vikings and their fans go into this weekend prepared. I am most worried about Tyler Lockett. Honestly, that's not my real answer because my real answer will be, will come at the end of the show. But I'm also honestly worried about more than one Seahawk, and Tyler Lockett certainly counts in that speed wide receivers have been a problem for Minnesota in both games. Jamar Chase, Rondell Moore, Tyler Lockett's better than both of them. I mean, he's going for 23 yards per reception with three touchdowns scored already this year. So he's going to be the best deep threat we face yet. Maybe in the league right now, they're going to need perfect communications along the back four. And Lockett's going to test that because they haven't had this year. So I don't know who they put on him. If it's Peterson, you know, that matchup would be a huge, huge, huge way to win this game, to swing this game. If Peterson and the safeties, Smith and Woods can hang with Tyler Lockett. Who's, uh, Who's scaring you? Well, that is actually who I had on the top of my list as well. And just, and, and I mean, that, well, I mean, look, just think about it. I mean, what have the Vikings been getting destroyed on this year in the passing game? It's been big plays. And Tyler Lockett mm. has literally been nothing but big plays. He is averaging 17.6 air yards per target this season through the first two games. Yeah. And he's still catching, he's still caught 12 of those 16 passes. That's incredible. It's basically chucking a 20 yards downfield and three out of four times he's coming down with it. That is a really scary proposition. Obviously, scary. I don't think that's going to, to sit there the rest of the season. But I mean, the, the part that we're all worried about, of course, we're going to get to the, the, the quarterback in, in a later question. And he's obviously, you know, the guy that has never lost to the Vikings. We're going to talk about him a little later. But I'm a little worried about DK Metcalf, too, because they have that other guy on the other side who is literally built like an action figure. He looks like Daniil Hunter playing wide receiver. And he's had a relatively quiet start to the season, I think just over 100 yards through the first two games. But uh, 
remember who caught that game-winning touchdown last year on that fourth quarter yes. drive, and that's it's. Uh, He's going to test him too. A, yeah, it, I mean it's it's a it's a real it's a, there's quite an arsenal on that Seattle offense. So I think you could take either one, and it, yeah, I think it, you'd have the right answer because there's a lot to be worried about, especially on the offensive side of the ball for Seattle. So what do you got for your next question? Oof. Okay, Eric. So pick one. The offense will get worse or the defense will get better. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of uh, room for improvement on the defense. So I'm going to say the defense will get better because I think there's just more room for it to do that. And I think the offense, there is some room for improvement and there's definitely room for some regression as well. It's, especially with the offensive line, uh, it, they played a lot better in week two than week one. Um, it was it was serviceable, but again, I think that's all the offense really needs to to chug along and be a pretty good offense is to have okay pass protection, and the offensive line did that in, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that was you know they put up thirty three points. Second half was a little. Um, little lackluster but i mean that first half i mean they they followed that game script and they they were marching up and down the field and i you know i i just think that you know the the defense will get better they, this was a lot of new new pieces the the defensive line hasn't been quite up to what we would think especially against the run but again it's going to take some time for so many new players to to find their spot and it, i mean it really has come down to the end of the half, especially the first half. I mean, I think they've allowed 24 points or something like that between between the two minute warning and halftime. That's almost impossible to do. Usually, you don't get the ball twice, and they're they're allowing scoring drives twice before each half or the, each halftime. So, as long as they can kind of, you know, that's the that's been the one. You know, the the third down percentage has been fine for the first couple of games. It's just been getting burnt by the big plays and of course Seattle's not usually the best team you want to go against to to, to get better in that department but if mm-hmm. they can take that away I think they're going to perform a lot better this is you know statistically it seems look it they look a lot like the 2020 defense and that just can't happen with all the people they have but maybe with Anthony Barr returning maybe with a, a couple of pieces just getting a little more used to it I think there's a little more for room for the Vikings to improve there and I think the offense will be Good. You know, they might have up and down games, but the way that Cousins and everyone else has started, I think they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and the fans are, are agreeing with you. They're saying the defense will get better. Mary Fisk in the comments. I see Carl Brodine, Jeffrey Klein. Great to have you with us on Viking Hot Takes. Eric, let's get to the next question. All right. So, um, which player do the Vikings need to return from injury? More do they need Anthony Barr to return or Christian Derrissaw? So, man, you know it's a really good question, Eric. I uh, I almost went with Anthony Barr here because what we talked about, like you said earlier with Lockett, the too deep look. The Vikings are probably going to have to be forced into do two high safeties that will open them up for the run. Anthony Barr would really help give them some extra punch there over Nick Vigil. Uh, ultimately though, I think left tackle is always more important than off ball linebacker. So I actually go Darisaw here. He's honestly the missing puzzle piece to the offensive line right now. Any upgrade there would be a massive boom to the offense this year. You just have to make sure Darisaw is healthy and ready. Once that happens, let's just go for it. Throw him in there and let's see what he's got. Who, who are you going with? 
Yeah, I was torn on it, and that's kind of why I asked the question in the first place, because I can definitely see an argument for, for both sides. And since you said Darisaw, mm-hmm. I'll I'll lean bar. But I mean, it's, it's okay. both. They could definitely use both, because Hill is, it, like, the other four pieces of the offensive line have been fine. O'Neal's been really good. Um, Udo's been about as good as you can expect for a first-year starter at that right guard, especially when he's moving inside. Bradbury had a much better game in week two than he did in week one, and I think Cleveland is finally getting used to that left side. So there's been a lot of progress. Hill's been definitely the weak link out of that at left tackle. He's kind of shown why he's been a career swing backup swing tackle. So, it, but Bart, he can do a lot of stuff for this defense. It's, it's been a while. I mean, he, it's been now a full calendar year since Barr has played in the game. He got hurt in week two, the beginning of the week two game last year. We're going into week three of 2021. So it, it has been a full season's worth of games that Anthony Barr has missed. He can mm-hmm. still bring a lot of different things. And Nick Vigil's been okay, but he's, he's been kind of a liability and, and especially where he's hitting the gaps, I think, and in, in the run defense has been a, a bigger problem from him. But he's made a couple impact plays as well. But Barr can he his versatility and what he can bring to the defense is still really important. And again, like I touched on in the last question, I think that just that the defense has so much more room to improve, it could make a bigger difference in in the outcomes of games, at least the way that the the team has been playing through the first two weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's a good answer. And you, like you said, it's really close. I mean, hopefully we're getting both of them back and we get, you know, the same two halves of the same pie. So, all right, Eric, let's, let's make it a little fun. Cause this is a big weekend for us. You know, uh, what's your record? What's the Vikings record when you are in live attendance? So when you sent me this question, I actually like I tried to walk back through and like I think yeah. my first game was like nine or ten years old. So I, I have thirty oh years of games I've been going That's to lifelong amazing. Minnesota. Yeah. So it's <laughs> I, I couldn't go and get the exact record. That's for sure. I couldn't remember exactly mm-hmm. which ones I have and haven't gone to. Cause it, like I mean, for the last I've I've lived in the Twin Cities since two thousand seven. I've gone to at least two, three, four games a year since then. Yeah. So it's but Overall, I think I I I would guess somewhere around the seventy-five or eighty percent win rate. Like I've 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 been lucky mm-hmm. to. And again, some of these are kind of the throwaway game. Like the 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 last game at the Metrodome is a really good example. Like that that meaningless mm-hmm. win over the Lions. That was you right. know I've been to a bunch of those at the end. That's because tickets tend to be a little cheaper when those with those throwaway home games when there's nothing on the line at the end. And the Vikings are notoriously pretty good at uh, winning those games. So that probably bumps up the winning percentage. But even the away games I've been to, I think the Chiefs uh, away game last year mm-hmm. or in 2019, I think that was the first road game that I had gone to that, that they had. Lo- oh, no, the second one. Um, I had been to a Bears game in Soldier Field. That was my first Soldier Field game. They lost by a point or something like that. But overall, it's been pretty good like that's so i'm I'm hoping you know i i it's not like my attendance makes a lick of difference but it's nice to, <laughs> to, to think that i you know that it's it's nice to enjoy more wins than not and it's going to be that's i'm just so excited about having that atmosphere back like it's um my family and i went to the the u.s bank stadium practice mm-hmm. you know it was just, uh, just being back and, and we we did a little uh, footage for a commercial that they're showing throughout the season. You can really? see like our arm. Yeah, we didn't get in. I don't like at least the cut that they showed us that like we're not getting. The only one that you might see us in is before the uh, the Sunday night football game uh, against Dallas. We might there's an extra clip of us there. But anyway, just <laughs> going back to the stadium and sitting in those seats, even with nothing 
on the line and there, you know, just the, the practice, it was, it was like, okay, I, I remember this. This is why you go to the games. This is why, why you pay too much for why, why you pay $13 for a beer. This yeah. is why you, you're, you're worried about like, this is, you know, it having almost two full years of, of missing out. And I think the last game I went to was, yeah, like the, the last game I went to, I think was the Eagles game of 2019. So that, or the last at us bank stadium, at least. So that was like week six of 2019. So it's been way too long. I'm, I'm excited to be back there and hopefully they're, they're above average, uh, uh, record when I'm in attendance. And especially if you're, if you're Mm -hmm. coming out, we, we, we got to show flip a win, right? Oh man. Man, it'd be a dream. And I'd love to see you in the comments. You know, Eric just shared some amazing stories. If you're in the comments, let us know what your record is when you're in live attendance. You know, like Eric said, I will also be in attendance. This is this is uh this is like my eighth game. This is my eighth Vikings game ever because I have a I'm a transplant. I've been out of Minneapolis so long, but um, I've seen a lot of road games. So Nashville, 2008, Atlanta, 2017, LA Chargers, 2019. Uh, I have not been to a home game in five years, but that one home game I have been to at U.S. Bank Stadium was opening night. So, Ooh. yeah. So, yeah, I'm telling you, if they win Sunday, if they beat their nemesis Seattle to start to dig out of an 0-2 hole during the first true home game in 760 days. Eric, I heard the excitement in your voice. We're gonna make this, we're gonna make Flip coming back to Minnesota a tradition. Climbing Pocket will be there in force. So yeah, I'll just absolutely. get to this before I mean, the winner it's, kicks it's, in. Yeah, it's going to have that first game of the stadium kind of feel. I mean, obviously, most of the fans have probably been there at least a couple times before. But, like, it's going to be I, – I mean, I'm just going to, you know, I'll be slightly nervous about other things and issues of about large crowds and everything. But for the most part, mm-hmm. I think it's just going to – it's going to feel so good to be back in that kind of atmosphere. And, yeah, that's – I mean, that's the – if you see the – um the like the the home record at since U.S. Bank Stadium opened, the Vikings are the, the the home field advantage really helps. The only time they've had a losing record at home under uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium was last year. Granted, that had a lot to do with the uh, <laughs> the defense getting hurt and all that stuff. But I really think it makes a difference, and that's that's kind of the greatness about having you know having uh, fans in in the stands, having that home field advantage back. It's kind of it feels like as stadiums get bigger and a little more corporate and the crowds get a little more sanitized that that home field advantage has kind of been taken away. I have a feeling it's going to be real loud in there on Sunday, especially if the Vikings can get off to a good start. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So all right. Well, speaking of that game. Yep. Speaking of that game, my final question, you, you hinted at a little bit. The Seahawks have been the bane of the Vikings existence since Russell Wilson came to town. He is seven and O against the Vikings, including the playoffs. Will his record be eight and zero or seven and one by Sunday evening? <laughs> Eric, you know you already knew. I told you he Tyler Lockett was not the only person that I'm scared of on Sunday. Here is the other answer, and you know the thing about Russell Wilson is he hasn't always played well against the Vikings, but he always finds a way. 
Look at Dave putting up Russell Wilson scrambling around right on our screen too. (laughs) He just finds a way. And when you talk about this possibly being a more defensive game, that favors Russell Wilson because he finds a way. And when you talk about this possibly being a high scoring game, Russell Wilson turns into a supercharged version of Kyler Murray. Okay. He finds a way. And so can our offense keep pace with that? Can they throttle up and throttle down the same way Russell Wilson does? I'm not sure that's true. If you look at some of the per drive statistics, you know, they're, they're only 11th in scoring right now. Okay. And they've been the beneficiary of both some short drives into field goal range and yep. the Minnesota Vikings honestly have been two things good on offense. Number one, they protected the football well, only one turnover. And number two, they've been great in the red zone. Otherwise, they're relying on long field goals. So I don't know if we get it done against Russell Wilson. What do you think? I I got it. I I got to say seven one, right? I I can't go into that game <laughs> thinking. So, I'm probably picking with my heart. I'm definitely picking with my heart over my head because it, I mean the Seahawks have had the Vikings number forever, but with that crowd, with that energy, with it being really kind of a must win game here for the Vikings. And although the Seahawks have been unbeatable, they've been so close so many times. They're going to get over the hump on Sunday, maybe, maybe <laughs> I don't know, but I think so. That's what I think. Yeah, I'll say it. Go Vikes! We're going to get that first win on Sunday. Oh man. All right, what's your score prediction? I'll say I think we're we're in for a shootout. I think 30 to 27, I'll say right now. 30 to 27 Vikings. Yep. All right, fans, I want to I want to hear your score prediction. Uh I'm going to go with 21 to the Vikings, 35 to the Seahawks. Oh, I I hope I am right. But I, I hope you were right too. You, I would not be shocked if you were right. But uh, thank you so much for everyone in the in the comments. It was real fun. Shout out to our girl Mary. Always always supporting climbing the pocket. Uh, Marco, thanks for coming in too. Uh, good to see you out on the chat and uh, not just in the Twitter replies yeah. too. So thank you everyone for joining us tonight. It was a blast. Absolute blast. Hey, we're gonna bring that place down. Win or lose, we're gonna be heard <laughs> on Sunday. All right, Skull Vikes. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.